Hello, hello. This is Tarika Wheeler, your career mindset strategist, and you're listening to another episode of the Professional DNA Podcast. Welcome. If this is your first time, we get together every single week so that I can educate and liberate and empower you to get ready for the week ahead. We're tackling topics for high achieving professionals who are looking to get to the next level in their career. And right now we are in a series. That's right. A series leadership essentials. Our last episode, episode 36, we really dug into delegation, the importance of shifting from a doer to a delegator. However, now this episode today, we are digging into another essential skill for leaders, those of you who are leaders and those of you who are aspiring leaders. And that is the ability to lead effective meetings, the ability to gather people, to convene people together with authority and with confidence and then position yourself to have a meaningful discussion and lead individuals for the time that you're spending with them. Meetings are important. Meetings are powerful tools, but they have to be effective. Let's not waste each other's time. So go get your notebook, get your pen. We're going to meet today and you better believe it's going to be effective because I want to help you as a leader. I want to help you as an aspiring leader to ensure that you can lead effective meetings. It's so critical um, in the workplace today. So you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, guys, let's jump on in. You know, I want to start with a quote. You guys know how I love quotes. I I talk about how words are super, super, super powerful, and it's like feeding the soul. So there's this uh, quote from Zig Ziglar, and it says, if you are not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. Let me tell you something. As a leader, we don't stop learning. I love to learn. I love to bring in new information. And as a leader who is looking to lead others, who are looking to have others have a desire to follow you, you have to be willing to learn. And so today's topic, as we're talking about leading effective meetings, you know, you may say, what do you mean? A meeting is a meeting. I've been leading meetings for years. Or sure, I'm even an inspiring leader, but I I lead meetings and they're just fine. I'm going to actually challenge you and say, are they? Are they effective? Are they yielding the results that you need them to yield? Are you sure? Here's the thing. Meetings are time, right? It it takes time to actually have a meeting. And you want to be sure that you are making the most of the time for yourself and the time for those who are participating in your meetings. Here's Here's the thing. Think about all of the bad meetings that you've attended. Like really think about it. And I've attended some bad one, guys. Like think about all the bad meetings you've attended. What made it so difficult for you to sit through it? And you know, this day and age, especially as we're in the, still in the midst, I would say of a pandemic, the meetings are not always in person. They're virtual meetings. And let me tell you, Zoom and team meetings, ooh, if you are in a bad Zoom or team meeting, it can be a challenge. It can be a real challenge. Like those could be some of the worst meetings to sit through. But I want you to think about, and then think about a meeting, one of the bad ones, and what made it difficult for you to sit through it. Did you have a person who was dominating the entire conversation? Did you have 
uh, the facilitator or the leader of the meeting who was talking in circles, wasn't clear. Everyone left the meeting saying, huh, what? Um, was there no agenda? Was it not organized? Have you been in that type of meeting before? Wait, wait a minute, wait, what, was that your meeting? Did you lead a meeting like that recently? That's okay if you did, don't tell nobody, it's okay. Because today we're gonna get this thing right. You cannot take leading effective meetings for granted because there is an actual process. And you know, as you hear people say, there's levels to this. There's levels to this and being able to lead an effective meeting. You are directly in that moment in time when you're leading a meeting or facilitating a meeting, leading people because they need to leave understanding. They need to come in understanding the purpose of the meeting and they need to leave knowing that that purpose of the meeting was actually achieved, right? And they need to know that their time was valued and not wasted because it was not effective. So I, I want you to know that meetings can be effective tools if used correctly if used correctly. And leaders could really use meetings as a convening tool to communicate, right? So you can share information. Um, you could solve problems, plan projects, activities. There's so many things that can happen when you are convening a meeting. Actually, I'll tell you, there's a couple of different types of meetings. Um, one would maybe say and argue, or a few people would say that there's about six different types of meetings. And so I want you to write these down so you can kind of understand when you are calling a meeting, you know, as a leader, you're, you want to know what the meeting is for, right? What type of meeting are you calling? So there's six. You guys ready? So the first one is a status meeting, like a status update meeting. And there's where you're talking about project updates, team updates. You know, it's very participatory oftentimes because the members of your team are contributing and they are providing updates on where they are in particular activities or projects, or you may be giving an update on something that's happening with the company or a particular update in a specific project that the team is working on. There's also decision-making meetings. So there you may um, be talking about strategy, strategy and tactics, and then approvals of those strategies and tactics and how those things are going to move forward. And there's someone in that meeting who has that authority to make the decision. I say the third meeting would be an info sharing meeting. Think about those as like your all team meetings or your all hands meetings where you're sharing information, you're providing updates. You may have a speaker or presenter who comes in and uh, provides updates in your industry and in your field. Uh, general maybe topics that your company or organization or agency might be focused on. I would say the fourth type of meeting is a problem-solving meeting. And that's really where you do solutioning, right? Solutioning, ideation, you come together and you say, here's the issue and the problem at hand. Let's sit down and talk this through. What is the issue? What are the challenges? What are the barriers? What are the potential solutions? What are the risk of those? How can we mitigate those? Um, for my project managers who are listening to this, you know, problem-solving meetings, we have those all the time all the time where we're really having to solution through uh, issues that we're faced with on the project, whether if it's in cost and schedule or what have you, and then put forth, how are we going to uh, push that thing forward? I'd say the fifth one is design and innovation. And these are always fun because these are brainstorming meetings. So this is like no holds bar, leave everything at the door and let's just brainstorm and ideate and design, you know, particular uh, or potential solutions, I would say, and let's be innovative and creative. And it's like, you know, I love to have the meeting where you can say, don't even worry about resources and money. What might be the solution, right? And so you start big, you write, you play big, 
And then you kind of come down to, okay, if this is the ultimate and where we want to be, now let's see, well, what resources do we have? Let's bring that down to kind of a more a viable solution or product or what have you that we can put forth. But you always start big and that's always fun. And then the last one I'd say is team building. Team building is a meeting. You are convening individuals on your team and you're looking to empower, you're looking to um, liberate them, you're looking to excite them, you're wanting to build skills and camaraderie perhaps across the team. Team building is a lot of fun. And I like to do team building sometimes in the midst of an update meeting. So perhaps we do updates first and then we'll do a little bit of a team building at the end of that meeting and, you know, spice it up a little bit so that it's not always mundane in the same all the time. So there's ways that you can also take these six types of meetings and you may have to in, integrate and bring those things together in order for you to have the most effective meeting that you need. Is that making sense to you guys? Yeah. So there's there's a couple of different meetings. The other thing I want to say about meetings, and this is where we when you get into a position of leadership, you really have to be mindful of the brand, of your professional brand that you're putting forth. You want to be a model leader in your meetings. And what I mean by that is that this is not the time to like let your hair down and let your guard down. You know, you are in a position to where you're standing before your team or you're standing before the organization and you want to hold yourself and quite frankly, your team at high standards. When you're convening everyone together, you want to really ensure that everybody around the table or on the Zoom or, you know, the screen or what have you understands expectations and understands the standard in which you are operating as a team, as an organization, as a company. So I want you to remember as a leader, like think about your personal and your professional brand and show up consistently, right? Show up consistently that way. And that is going to bring clarity to your role. It is going to make sure that your team members understand what the expectation is, who you are at all times. You're not one way at the Monday meeting and a different way at the Tuesday meeting. You know, my team, I have a very um, interesting leadership style. I have a facilitative leadership style, but I also like to ensure that I have a relatable um, leadership style as well. So I engage with my team and I love to have fun with my team, but I have fun with my team in respect to the, there's still some boundaries, right? So I'm not all the way letting my hair down and letting, you know, I, I'm making sure that my team knows that Tarika is going to show up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the same way. Expectations are the same. When I turn that camera on and I expect for them to turn their cameras on, they're going to get the same me. And the reason that is, is one, because I only know how to be Tarika, but two, is because I want there to be that consistency so that there's never a misunderstanding. Nobody is ever in a place of fog and lacks clarity for what my expectations are and how I'm going to show up and how I expect them to show up for those meetings. You may say, "Ooh, that is tough. It's not tough. What it is, is it's consistency. And it helps you really define who you are as a leader. And it helps your team members connect with you and relate to you so that they also understand who you are as a leader. Okay. So I want you to understand that for sure, that you got to show up and you got to show up consistently for your team, for the organization when you're in leadership roles. So we talked about meetings, right? There's these different types. There are these six different types of meetings. It's really still important, though, for leaders to learn that even though there's different types of meetings, there are essential skills, there are essential pieces to leading an effective meeting. There are essential pieces to facilitating 
a, a meeting effectively. And that's what I want to dig in today. I want to dig into seven steps to lead effective meetings. Seven steps, seven kind of key pieces that I want you to be sure that you have as a leader and as an aspiring leader, a part of your meetings. Because here's the thing, the bottom line is the meeting is the opportunity to be with your team and accomplish great goals and accomplish great objectives. Like your meetings are valuable, valuable moments in time. And I don't want you to waste them. And I don't want others to feel like they're a waste of time because then your message will be lost. The ask, the task, the call to action will be lost if they are not receiving it in an effective manner. And we love to meet. Let me tell you something. In this day and age, me, there's the day of the email and the memo. <laughs> we we love to meet. And I'm actually not opposed to that. I like that personal touch. I like to see my team's faces. I will say, even as I've been leading virtual a virtual team, I've had to shift and even shift my expectations for my meetings. I want my team to be visible. I think we've lost an incredible amount of humanistic touch when you're not in person and that's okay. But what it's taught me is that then we've got to create and kind of simulate those environments in which we usually had when we're passing the halls or we pop over to someone's office or workspace or see someone in the break room. And so I'm very intentional now. And my team, you know, knows that if we're meeting and especially if I'm in your meeting, our cameras are on because I want to be able to have that humanistic touch. I want to be sure that we're able to connect Um, with one another visually and not just verbally, right? Not just from what we hear and what we're speaking to each other. So I set that expectation and it's very clear. And there's not a time where I show up and I'm not on camera because I'm serving as that model, right? For my team. But I also model how I run my meetings so that across my project, across my team, they know what the standard is for an effective meeting. And so see why it's so important. If you're modeling how to lead effective meetings, then you're more likely to have effective meetings taking place in your project, in your team, in your organization, because you as a leader are serving as a model. So that's another reason why it's so important for you to learn and understand key elements. So we're going to talk about these key elements, these seven steps to lead effective meetings. All right. So talking about effective, we're going to pause. We're going to take a quick break, let you gather your thoughts and then come back and we're going to jump in to the seven steps for leading effective meetings. I'll be right back. All right, Achievers, we are back. And oh, my goodness, for you guys who are new, yes, Achievers, that's you. I am a career and mindset strategist, and I look to work with high achievers. And what I mean by working with high achieving professionals is that it's you want to level up. You want to get to the next level in your career along your professional journey. You want to grow, but you just need a little bit of guidance on how to get there. And that's all that is. And I work with high achieving professionals to help them understand their unique value, help them really make sure they have the right mindset and 
help them design career strategies that are going to get them paid their true value, get them a value-aligned salary. So that is the space in which I operate in. And when I talk to you guys, I'm talking to my achievers because I know that you want to achieve great things. I know that you are doing and achieving great things. And we want to just get you to that next level, whatever that next level is for you. Because one person's next level is different from the next person's next level. My next level is different from your next level. But when you are hungry for growth, you're hungry to achieve the next level in your career along that personal and professional journey, I'm here for you. Okay. So that's, that's, that's what that's all about. Sometimes I have to remind you guys, you're like achievers. What do you mean? I haven't achieved anything. What are you talking about? You achieve something every single day. Please, please, please believe me, big and or small, you are achieving great things. Okay. Speaking of achieving, let's jump in and see how you can achieve effectively leading meetings, right? Because it's essential. It's absolutely essential for you who are leaders and you who are aspiring leaders that you know how to lead meetings effectively. Okay. It's so cute. It's so, so, so key. So let's jump right on in. Okay. Let's jump in. Number one, you guys ready? Number one, basic, create an agenda. Boom. I know it is mind blowing, right? Create an agenda. But let me tell you, do you know how many meetings that I attend and there's no agenda? And sometimes agendas can be written down, which honestly, that's my recommendation is that you have a formatted agenda that's very clear. Here are the topics that you're covering. And depending on the depth of those topics, you may need, you may need to have sub bullets and kind of categories throughout that agenda, especially if these are meetings that are reoccurring. You may need to go back and address action items from a previous meeting first before you dig into something new. You may hear people refer to it as new business, right? Or new discussions. You might want to structure your agenda in that way, but you need to create an agenda to help guide the discussion. That is so key. And depending on the type of meeting that you ha you're having, which we talked about six, you might need to also ask for input, right? You may need to hear from team members to provide you with agenda items, especially if they're giving updates. There may be particular updates that they need to give. For those of you who are working with clients, you may need to develop agendas. Actually, not, not may. You need to develop agendas when you're meeting with your clients so that they can see how you are strategically organizing the time that you're spending with them. And you can say, here are the things that we are going to cover. It's also agendas serve as a document of record so that you can document the conversation even ahead of time, because I always recommend sending out agendas ahead of time so people can be prepared for the discussion. But as a leader and as a leader who is working with clients, you want to document that conversation that you know that you're going to have with them ahead of time. And then it also helps you drive the meeting summaries, but we're going to get to that. Okay. So number one is creating a meeting agenda. Number two, bring all of the voices into the conversation. I know this one can be hard. I know. I know it can be hard. Some of you are shaking your head already, and I know. But you want your meetings, especially where appropriate. So again, think about the type of meeting that you're having. As a leader, you've got to be able to assess and understand the type of meeting that you're having So before you start to apply these steps. But you need to create spaces for your team members to contribute. And so some of your meetings you need to be sure that you are bringing all voices into the conversation. I know we all have those super high performing, um, high achieving professionals on our team 
who have the responses and the feedback for everything. And that's, I'm not saying that that's bad. I, you want team members to speak up, but what you don't want is that you have certain team members who take over the conversation to where other team members cannot speak up. Everyone is not going to be super extroverted and have to be the at the front to always have the conversation, always have something to say, always provide the feedback, always have the answers. You may have those on your team that may be intimidated by that. And so you have to discern and kind of know the room, see the screen, which is why turning cameras on is so important because you need to be able to read that as a leader so that you can engage everyone or at least give everyone the opportunity to engage. So when I do virtual meetings, my team, um, I like to go across the board. I kind of do like Hollywood square style and I go row by row and I'm like, okay, I want this person, this person, this person to go. And we'll do the first three or the first four. And then I'll say, okay, next step. And it's going to be this person, this person, this person. And their update may be minimal or their update may be um, no additional updates at this time. That's fine. What you're doing though, is you're giving them a space to be able to participate in the conversation. And if it's a meeting where they're not already on the agenda. You still want to open it up and say, here, the, have a, have an agenda item that says open discussion so that you can then say, okay, is there anything else we need to discuss today? Anyone who hasn't spoken today, who has any updates or challenges or concerns or things that they want to raise with the team, you want to open that up. You want to show that as a leader, everyone on your team is important. Everyone in your organization within your agency who is participating in a meeting that you're leading, that you're facilitating has a voice. They have a voice and you're going to respect and give them the opportunity to use it. Okay. That's number two. All right. Let's jump to number three, guys. Number three, respect people's time. Oh, this is a huge one. Respect people's time. If your meeting is to start at two o'clock, then your meeting should begin at two o'clock. That does not mean that you're walking into the door at two or into the conference room at two. That does not mean that you are logging on to the meeting at two. You should give yourself anywhere from three to five minutes before that start time to where you are ready to go. Your model for your team that to be early is to be on time so that you are ready to go and you're almost greeting the team when they're coming into your meeting. Now, you may say, Tarika, where do you work? <laughs> that is not possible. Let me tell you, I understand. I have meetings that run over all the time all the time. And it frustrates me. It irritates me. And I try to build time between my meetings so that that's not the case. But sometimes that's, it's unfortunate that I can't, I can't really prevent that from happening. Whether if the client is reaching out to me or corporate office or whatever it may be, I have those challenges too. So I know that those things come up, but outside of those things that you cannot prevent, you should be ensuring that you are modeling how you want your team members to show up. Let me tell you something. I like to have to apologize to my team to say, sorry, guys, I had a meeting that ran over or sorry, guys, I just got off a call with a client. And by the time if my meeting starts at 10 and at 10.02, I join, everyone is there ready to rock and roll. Everyone is there ready to rock and roll. Or the meeting starts at 10. I start the call at, let's say, 10:55 and I have half of my team who's already in the meeting. That means that you are when you see that type of behavior, you're modeling the standard. But don't waste people's time. Be on time so you can start on time and you can end on time. 
Try not to let meetings run over. Try to ensure that you are managing that agenda and managing the conversations and discussions around those agenda items so that you can end your meetings on time. If meetings go over, it truly needs to be driven because they're, it was your client, perhaps, and you didn't want to kind of cut that discussion there, or there was something very critical, whether if it was a risk to the project or um, something new that is being discussed that can serve the team and or the company and organization well to continue the discussion. Like there has to be a reason for going over beyond just the fact that you didn't manage the time of the meeting properly. So we want to be respectful of people's time. Because here's the thing, meetings aren't the only thing that people do. I'm sure there's tasks and deliverables and other things that your team members and those within your company and organization are doing. So if you hold them over in meetings all the time, how are you expecting them to be able to get the work done? right? Meetings are just one piece of the work. Now they actually have to go do the task and the deliverables that you've been meeting about and talking about. So that's why it's so important that you're being respectful of people's time. Pretty straightforward. All right. Awesome. Let's go to number four. Number four is a big one because this has to do with risk management as a leader. I want you to ask about roadblocks and concerns. Right? It's not always going to be lollipops and ice cream right? Everything that happens at work is not always going to be grand and, and beautiful. There are going to be times where there are challenges. There are going to be times where there are struggles and issues, and you need to have a forum to talk about those. So in your meetings that you're having, and this is especially true for meetings where you're up doing updates. So those um, stand-up meetings, those are those status update meetings, um, when you're doing problem-solving meetings, even when you're talking through design and innovation types of meetings, there needs to be room and staff need to know that it is a safe place to talk about problems, concerns, and roadblocks. Why? Because you need to be in a position as a leader to know risk management tactics that you might have to be, be able to put forth. How can you mitigate risk? How can you get ahead of them before they become an issue or a problem within your team, your project, your end, or your organization? But if you don't allow people to express their concerns, their roadblocks, or even their perceived concerns or roadblocks, let me tell you, so many times within teams, they your team members may think that something is a roadblock and it's not. They may think there's a challenge, but they're just not aware of a solution that already exists. But if you don't create a space for your team members to be able to express those things, then you potentially have this kind of like ulcer that's just bubbling and it's painful for no reason when you had the medication and the issue, you know, for the issue all along. So it's so critical that you are creating that space for your teams, right, to actually talk about roadblocks and concerns. And sometimes you may have to ask, and I do this. So I have um, stand-up calls throughout the week. And in one of our calls, we particularly focus on, are there any blockers? Are there any challenges or roadblocks that we need to raise to our client or that we need to talk about internally so that we can push things forward? But if we don't give that space to talk about those things, sometimes staff aren't even going to be thinking about it until it happens. But if you create the space for them to Make make sure they're thinking about it. They were like, ah, oh, you know what? I need to raise that so that Tarika knows that this could be a potential issue that's coming up. But if you don't talk about it and constantly get your team to think about risk management and risk mitigation, then you could put yourself to where you're bumping into the walls all the time when honestly, you could have prevented that if you just opened up the conversation to talk about your roadblocks and any concerns or blockers that you may have in your team. All of that can happen in a meeting setting. 
All of that can happen in a meeting setting, okay? All right, let's go to number five. We are rocking and rolling, talking about, talk about efficient. Talk about efficient. We are moving because I want you to know that there's also ways that you could get a great amount of content and information in a meeting, right? As you're convening your team together, that doesn't have to take you forever to get through it, right? So this is a topic that I feel like is very clear and to the point, and we are going to effectively push through this thing so that you, I'm also modeling for you how you can make it through and lead effective meetings. All right. Okay. So let's go to number five. I think number five for me is probably the most important. And let me tell you why. There's nothing worse than being in a meeting and at the end of the meeting, not being clear about what your task is, what your action item is that the meeting was just so full of so many things and so many different conversations going in so many different directions that it's not clear. So as a leader, um, number five, what I want to be sure that you do is you are assigning clear action items and that you also restate takeaways. You're assigning clear action items and you're also restating takeaways. I've definitely been in meetings before to where I just didn't know what the takeaway was. So the meeting was done and everybody's like, okay, so you know, everyone understand, are we good to go? We know what direction we're going. And I am in my head like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what are we doing? And, you know, sometimes I will tell you, yeah, I was that employee who didn't speak up. I was that employee who was like, okay, well, no, everybody else must understand. And I'm not going to say anything because clearly everybody else gets it. And it's just me. And then we leave the meeting and everybody's like, hey, do you understand? Do you know what she just said? Do you know what he wants us to do? And it's like, oh my gosh, I should have said something. So as a leader, you want to be sure that when your team members leave the room, they have a very clear understanding of their action items. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you that it's not just them understanding their individual action items, but they need to understand the action items across the team because there's oftentimes going to be intersects. There's oftentimes going to be collaborations that need to happen across the team. So everybody needs to understand the task and everyone needs to understand the action items that are, that are active, I would say, right? Actively out there amongst the team. Takeaways are different from action items. You may have a meeting that is more informational, right? You may have a meeting that is an all hands meeting where you're really sharing information. And let's say you have a speaker come in. You want to be sure that your team, your staff, right, who is participating in that meeting that you are facilitating, that you are leading, you want to be sure that they understand the takeaway. What is it that you wanted them to get out of this meeting? right? What were they supposed to walk away with? And I don't, I know I've been in situations before where I literally had leaders who would say, you know, it's almost like, well, it's on them. I hope they took away what they needed to take away. Well, no, I actually am going to say it's on you as the leader to ensure that what you want your team members to walk away with, that you restate, you restate those takeaways so that they are very clear about what they should have taken away. And if they did it, take that away, then that can potentially put them in a position to where they can ask questions because they missed something. If these were the three takeaways I was supposed to walk away with, and I'm feeling like I walked away with one and not three, then there might be a couple of questions I need to ask to gain clarity so that I can walk away with the other two, right? Because everyone's going to take take takeaways away differently. <laughs> take takeaways away differently. So that's really important. Assigning clear action items 
and then making sure that if there were certain takeaways that your team needed to walk away with, that you restate it. Don't, don't, don't put it 100% on them because at the end of the day, it's on you as the leader to ensure that they get it. And so I want you to restate it. Big thing to kind of build off of that for number six is capturing and sharing meeting notes. Guys, there's so many, and I know meeting notes are a pain. I know that, you know, you're like, okay, that means I got to sign someone to take the notes or sign someone to take the meeting summary. And then I got to review it before it goes out. Guys, let me tell you something. Meeting notes, depending on the type of meeting you're having, depends on how you take your meeting notes and your meeting summaries. I have meetings where literally the notes are taken directly in the agenda after the meeting, the agenda gets sent out and you can connect the agenda items with the action items and the notes right there in the same document. That might work for one of your meetings. You got to know your audience, right? And you have to know what's the, the, how the meeting summary and notes are going to be utilized. But it is critical that you have meeting summaries and meeting notes, even if it's just the action items from the meeting and those are included um, as a part of maybe an email that's after the, after your meeting. So an email goes out to the full team and it is, here are the action, the action, the captured action items from the meeting. Okay, great. Now, you didn't have to have a whole summary, but at least everyone knows here are the steps. Here are the action items. Here are the key takeaways from this meeting. We had a speaker today and here are the three or four or five takeaways from that. So you do want to identify the resources, right? The staff resources to help support that. In some instances, it might be you as the leader that you've already captured what those takeaways are. You've drafted them ahead of time you can send them after the call or send them after the meeting. But it is important that you capture and you document action items. One, because you need to be able to follow up and track those action items because I'm sure they have due dates. And then you want to track those takeaways to make sure you're communicating exactly what you wanted people to leave with. All right. All right. We have rounded the corner to getting to the final step. Final step, number seven, ask for feedback. You want to hear from your staff. You probably shake your head. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You want to hear from your team. You want to hear from your staff. It is so critical that you ask for feedback. You want feedback not only on the things that are happening within your team or your project, right, within the organization, but you also want feedback on the meetings that you're holding. Are these meetings helpful? Do you find them beneficial? Are there additional things that you wish that we would include? Are there additional meetings that you wish that we could have? I've even asked team members, guys, do you think we can maybe combine these two meetings so that you know, I take a meeting off your plate? Because I know it, a meetings can get heavy. And the more you meet, the less time you have to do work sometimes, right? So I've even been in that position to ask team members to give me feedback on how we can streamline and condense meetings. All, asking for feedback is also just a way to communicate with your team and letting them know that they are a part of the process, that they feel as if, and it's not even a feel as if you are actively pursuing them to be a part of the process. You are actively pursuing them to let them know that they're, feedback, their opinion, their insights matter and will be considered to be applied. And the re let me say, I said considered because everything that someone says does not mean that you're going to go do. But what you are showing and what you are modeling is that their feedback and their insights, you want to hear them. They have a voice. How many times have you worked in a team or an organization where you felt like you didn't have a voice? 
They don't want to hear from you. They didn't want your ideas. They didn't want your feedback. They just wanted you to do the work. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't thrive well in organizations like that. I don't thrive well in team settings like that. So it's extremely critical that you take the time to collect feedback. And you can do that in a number of different ways. You can do polling. You could just literally tell your team, hey, send me a note. I have an open door policy or I tell people I have an open screen policy, right? Because it was being remote. So send me an email, send me something on Teams. I'd love your feedback. If it's something more formal, perhaps you want to do it in a poll or a survey of some sort, but your team needs to feel and know and understand that you value their feedback and their insights, that you want them to think. And you want them to share information with you. Guys, leading meetings is not easy. It's not. You're like, oh my gosh, all of these steps. Leading effective meetings is not easy, but it is possible if you take a strategic approach to doing so. All right, guys, ah, can you believe we just made it through that? I know it was a lot. I hope you were taking notes. Let's take a quick pause and we're going to close this thing on out. I'll be right back. All right, guys, we are closing this thing on out. I know you were saying that was warp speed. Oh my goodness, Tarika. But here's the thing. I don't think it was warp speed. I think it was clear. I think that I gave you a clear set of steps and how you can effectively lead a meeting. And I hope that I modeled that for you as we went through those steps during this episode. But you can always go back and you can listen to it again. And if you have any questions about how you should pursue effectively leading meetings, whether you are a leader or aspiring leader, let's talk, let's connect. You guys know how to reach me, info at yourprofessionaldna.com, or you can follow me on Instagram, which you should be already, professional underscore DNA. Send me a direct message, schedule a discovery call, and let's talk about it. I hope that you are pursuing places of leadership. I hope that you're looking to grow so that you can position yourself for those types of leadership roles. But let me tell you, you're going to have to manage meetings. You're going to have to effectively manage meetings and lead meetings. And these seven steps are going to help you do so. They're going to help you lead meetings effectively. It's critical. It's critical that as a leader, you develop the discipline to plan and lead meetings. And I, I want to emphasize discipline. Discipline and discipline that is, is is consistent so that you are planning and leading meetings because planning and leading meetings is also a part of leading people. And when you are leading people, you want them to actively yearn to follow, actively learn to follow. So I want you to be sure that you develop that discipline and those habits that are needed to plan and lead meetings and that people value. You want people to value the meetings that you are leading. Um, You want those meetings to push your team, empower your team, so that your projects and your initiatives and, you know, the task and the work is just advanced in such a powerful way, right? In a quality way. And a lot of it starts at what happens in a meeting. So I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I know that you can effectively lead meetings. Super excited about uh, part two. Uh, which was today for, you know, how you can lead, 
how you are leading effective meetings, effectively leading meetings. And um, I can't wait for part three. I can't wait for next week. We're almost done with our series. You guys know how I feel about you achievers. And if you don't know, you're about to. You have everything inside of you to be your best and unique self. What is that? Your professional DNA. Until next time. Bye-bye.